The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. Subhana Yes, that's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk, the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more, because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else, because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. Hello, so sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! Table 
angles of turn, Michael Cole, you know what's coming here? Turn the base up to 11, ladies and gentlemen, Zoom! Big D, Drew McIntyre, man, we didn't know you were cold-blooded like that, Drew. Because the Drew McIntyre that we know is not a coward like you showed us last week. I mean, for real, for the past few years, we've been calling you Big D. But as of last week, it looks like there's been a little bit of shrinkage on your end. I mean, I mean, what's wrong, Drew? What's wrong? Are you scared? Or were you just worried that that big old sword you got was just a little too limp to get the job done? You want to call me a coward? After everything Jay's done to you guys, you haven't stepped to him one time. Because Drew, Drew, we are watching you all the time. We watch you from the back. We look up to you, man, because we know as sure as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, Drew McIntyre is always going to do what is right. And we respect you for it. Do you know what this means? Shut up, miss. Claymore kick from McIntyre. Absolutely 
Ghost Warrior. Kingston is helpless, Woods is helpless, and now Ivar mauling Kofi Kingston. Valhalla screaming out instructions. Ivar, the huge 300 plus pounder, now destroying Kofi Kingston, who's defenseless again. McIntyre looks on, again off the cold callous stare in action for the second straight week by Drew McIntyre. Judgment Day wouldn't have won those championships at Payback without J.D. McDonough, and they wouldn't have won tonight without J.D. McDonough has, too. Has J.D. McDonough finally proved himself to Damian Priest in the Judgment Day? The question only one man can oh, answer. So much for the celebration. Uso and Cody Rhodes back into the fight. Chaos again here at the end of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, this ain't ending tonight, Cole. They got the hell out of the way. Good luck separating these guys. Absolute insanity here. Kevin Owens now driving the gun up through the announce table again. And now Damian Priest from behind. Officials trying to somehow separate these men. There is nowhere to stay safe. And now Cody Rhodes. Absolute chaos. Somebody stop this mess! Wait, get out of there!
homeboy Shivani, and now the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're gonna put butts in seats and ears to the streets, and now here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Chris the Monday Night Machismo, well formerly Monday Night, but we're here on a Friday afternoon, right Chris? I mean, it's something like that. That's that's what time it is for me, brother. Yeah, it's, uh, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. The only reason I'm not working is because we had a rain day today. <laughs> it's raining, and as you just heard him, he is my co-host Chris Ams. Give him your shtick, bro. The shtick is this. My name is Christopher Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like lambs with Noel or bullshit first thing in the morning. Don't worry if you ever forget how to spell my last name. I'll just remind you at the beginning of every fucking show. Alrighty, there you go. There we go. There's the shtick. You didn't do it on the on the skirmish, bro. Yesterday, as a matter of fact. I know. I just figured it was a weird time to come in and try to redo the shtick or whatever. And then I didn't want to. I didn't want to waste time doing plugs because I was only on the show for like a half hour. So I just felt like that would be kind of lame as fuck for me to do that. So. Nah, bro. Don't be silly, man. But Aaron Ben Shlomo is in the house saying, hello, everybody. People are stupid. They sure are, Aaron. They sure are. <laughs> that's, that's an understatement. And Chris Whelan also wants to ask us. So he says, question for you guys. Would the WWE recaps of The Rock be best if they played after every time Paul Heyman asks? But who ordered that when Solo goes off making moves without Roman's order? <laughs> that's a funny question. Yeah, I mean, listen, if that's where they're going with the angle, then yes. But, I mean, we don't know for sure if that's if that's what they want to do. It's certainly an interesting idea. Like, that'd be cool. But... I mean, why not? Right, I agree 100%. But before we get into Raw, Chris, is there any news we need to talk about before we actually get there uh, to oh, Raw? Oh, right. Well... Yeah, we'll talk about a couple of things. First off, first off, there's some uh, some AEW news, some wrestling news um, from Dirt Sheet Radio. Uh, Fightful reports Serena Deeb gathered some major heat with AEW oh, management, yes. which caused her to be removed from TV prior to the injury that she's currently recovering from. Deeb was said to be entering the area of disrespect, uh, which is an area backstage apparently in AEW. Uh, um, and is believed the you know Tony Khan specifically were deliberately cutting time from her matches without telling her until she was ready to go out. So basically, she was being told, "All right, you got ten minutes," and then right when you're about to go out, "All right, now you got four minutes." It's that's a that's a tough thing to deal with. It does it is something that happens in pro wrestling. My guess is that Serena Deeb is professional enough not to not to react to that. I think yeah. that everybody involved in pro wrestling knows that that's something that happens. Um, my guess is she got into an argument or a disagreement or had some kind of problems with the dentist. Because I, I literally think that that chick is the fucking Shawn Michaels of AEW's locker room. That's that's my legitimate opinion. Wow. I mean, she she comes across as real schmug too, if you know what I mean. Like, just looking 100%. at her, she looks like she's in a bad mood all the time, dude. Especially 100%. in recent times. And look yeah. at her, look, she's always talking shit on the net about people talking shit about Adam Cole. 
How about you let him fucking defend himself for crying out loud? Yeah. Well, I mean, I listen, mean, Adam doesn't even love you, so don't, don't, don't fight so hard <laughs> to, you know, Adam cares very deeply for you, so maybe, <laughs> maybe that's, you know, the, the level of, of, uh, of energy you should be putting into defending him online, too, is just, just care very deeply for him. Don't love him online. It's, uh, it's too much. <laughs> that's funny. Um, Aaron says in the chat, well, she wanted to win against the Japanese superwoman, Riho and Shida. <laughs> wow. Apparently, Sheeta could be retiring. Are those are those separate people? Are those are those not the same person? Apparently, they are. I'm Apparently, confused. they are separate people. And actually, b before we move on, I wanted to yeah. say about Serena Deeb. I mean, it's ridiculous, bro. I, I, having a talent like her, for example, not on television, especially in a women's division that's like suffering, if you know what I mean, that really needs someone like a Deeb in that roster. The fact that she's not even on there is just ridiculous. And it's been a good year. I believe, since we've seen Serena D Blast on television. I think there's a very strong argument that she is the best in-ring worker in women's wrestling, period. Like, in, in, in the entirety of women's wrestling across the world, Serena D might be the best technician, like, on the planet. So, when you have a talent like that, you know, if she's bothered by the way you're booking things, then if you're the booker, um... You have a conversation with her and you say, listen, Serena, I know like things haven't been going the way you want them to. We're sorry that this has been happening. We're going to make sure that we're not doing this to you for the next couple of weeks. But you got to work with us too. Like, you know, things happen and sometimes we have to cut time and it winds up being your match. And that's not an insult. It's because we recognize you as being so good that if we take four minutes off your match, you're still going to go out there and get and, and get something valuable out of it. Whereas, Absolutely. you know, we've got other people on the show, right? And we're trying to bring them up. We want them to be stars. We want them to get to the point where they're as good as you are, Serena. But they're just not. And if we take away four minutes right before they go out, it's going to be a complete clusterfuck because they don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? There are a number of ways that you can politic the shit out of these conversations so that it smooths over, right? And then you do your very best to try to not let that happen moving forward, right? You try to take time away from whatever else match there is, right? The CM Punk match or the Kenny Omega match or whatever. And you just say two minutes off your match, a minute off your match, Young Bucks, a minute off your match, you know, uh, Pentagon, a minute off your match. Then you've made up your four, your four minute time. Nobody's getting fucked out of it. And somebody doesn't constantly feel like they're being told one time and then another time right before they go out. I mean, there's professionalism that needs to be on, on both sides here. The thing is, I actually do not believe that Serena Deeb did this. I legitimately think that the problem is that the dentist is mad at her. <laughs> That's fucking bizarre, bro. That's bizarre. And and like, like we said, man, I mean, Bin Hamin and Yala to Bin, um, he's actually on holidays right now. <laughs> having the time of his life, as he should be. Um, but we all know it's no secret that he's very close to Serena Deeb. And I'm so tempted to ask the boss man himself, but I mean, I guess, you know, it's pretty obvious what's going on, like you said, man. It's 100% probably the dentist who probably doesn't like her because what? She feels threatened? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's how it comes across to me. Well, Chris Williams says in the chat, all the making are in the works for a potential uh, for a potential even one-time straight edge society reunion hmm 
Um, that would have no. been great, but it didn't happen. And it could, yeah. I know what he's saying, because they could all end up in WWE. Say, so imagine Luke Gallows, Serena Deeb, and CM Punk. The strategy society right now would be pretty interesting, actually. And it won't work. Everybody's just in two different, in way, way different spots in their career at this point. <laughs> Aaron says she fears for her life. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Well, let's move on anyway, Chris. Any any other news we need to talk about? Um, yeah, so we're going to step away from professional wrestling now, and there may be some people who are who are listening to this and going, who gives a shit? I don't care. But I know you care, and I care about this a lot. And I mean I've got a feeling a what lot. you're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So Las Vegas police have announced an arrest in the 1996 killing of rapper Tupac Shakur. Uh, oh, Dwayne yeah. Keith E. Davis, 60, was taken into custody early Friday morning. In connection with the shooting death of the rapper, authorities said an indictment is expected to be unsealed later Friday. So, hmm, did you say Keefe? Uh, Keith D. Davis. I know he wasn't he a security guard or like I a have bodyguard. No idea. Hmm, because that's interesting. I'm pretty sure he could have been a death row bodyguard, man. I could be wrong. But that's funny. So, what about uh, what's his name, Orlando? What's his last name again? The original fucking person they thought killed Tupac, Orlando, something, man. I'm not sure. Uh, there, there's nothing in there. There's nothing in this article about it. Um, oh, he's the name, uncle. Man. Davis is the uncle of Orlando Anderson. Oh, that's it, Orlando Anderson. That was saying that it was him originally who was a creep. Because if you remember, um, do you remember like during that Tyson fight? You see a lot of video footage of, uh, you know, you Tupac and them stomping somebody right. out here. But, you know, there's other footage, though, that I came across not too long ago, actually, maybe a few months back, which I've never seen before, which shows footage. This is odd, dude. I, I must admit, of like a double of Tupac, right? Was the one that was in the fight, and Tupac, you see him walking away, like, through another, like, exit. It's weird, dude. I. If I can find it on YouTube again, man, I'll show you this. It's pretty bizarre, bro. It's huh. got me thinking. So I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. But uh, who knows, man? I mean, shit, you know, there's the conspiracy theories. You took back dead or alive. But um, I don't know, man. It's Hollywood at the end of the day. Who the fuck knows? Hollyweird, should I say. But yeah, man, R.I.P. to Park if he's dead or alive. <laughs> who the fuck knows anymore? But at least they do have a, an arrest. But do you think it will stick? I don't know, man. I really, I, I don't know, but it's good that somebody's still investigating. Like that, that matters to me for whatever reason. Being a, a big Tupac fan from back in the day, the fact that somebody in law enforcement is still at least investigating the situation, you know, it means that it's not just what seemed like happened in 1996, which was ah, another rapper's dead. Who gives a shit? Those are times, man. I remember when Puck died too, dude. Uh, it was pretty surreal, actually, man. Like, I mean, I, I remember seeing girls at, in high school, bro, crying over this shit, bro. Mm. I mean, how old were we, man? Like, back then, I was in... I was 11. Yeah, I was 13. Yeah. So, yeah, which is fucking odd. I mean, yeah, I remember it, though. Fucking pretty clear. I was 13, turning 14. On, um, yeah. Because he died in September, my birthday's in October, so I was turning 14. Fucking hell, the years fly, Chris. No shit. 
<laughs> it's fucked up, man. Um, was there any other progressing news though, at all? Nothing that I don't think we've covered other places, no. Okay, I'm just quickly looking to see if there's anything. I know I've posted quite a few news on the I mean, media group and the PWC discussion group, but I can't even remember what I posted anymore. But Jay Cargill has reported to training at least, and I like the fact that WWE have kind of uh, shown her off like to look like a big deal, bro. She is a big deal. She's going to be a big deal. So, yeah, it's good. Do you think she'll end up on NXT first or straight to the main? The way they're promoting her, I feel like she's going straight to the main. And we've already discussed this, but I'm asking you again because yeah, just by the promotion, the way WWE's promoting it. No, I understand why you're asking. Um, it's a good question. I do still think that she's going to debut on the main roster. I just think she's too big a Me deal. Too. I, I don't. I just don't see why they wouldn't have her make the biggest impact possible and that's the biggest impact possible is for her to debut on the main roster i agree it could 100%. even be at the royal rumble where she just comes out and wins the rumble oh i imagine that oh if she came out and won the rumble just say would you have her as a heel to start off with oh 100 she's way right. more marketable as a heel at least to begin with i mean look at her she can't be an underdog she you can't bring her in and have her selling like you have to bring her in as, you know, uh, somebody's already used this phraseology, but like you have to bring her in, you have to bring her in as the final boss of the video game, right? Like yeah, she has sure. to be that. Just looking at her. Absolutely, man. Oh, here we go. Uh, you know, it's funny. You mentioned Keefy D, and what do you know? He comes up right on my timeline right now, um, straight away <laughs> about the arrest. Was this done today, the arrest? Because I thought they already did today. an arrest. Oh, interesting. Because um, I read that they had a suspect, but I guess it was Keefy D. I just wanted to see quickly with Keefy D if he was... Uh, well, there's too much to read right now, man, to be honest. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to see because I know that name, dude. I know that fucking name. That's why. Um, anyway... Yeah, I think Jay Cargill will end up on the main roster still also. I, I just don't see him doing, you know, making such a big deal like they have and not doing so. And on top of that, Shawn Michaels kind of eluded, I felt like, in the, in the what's it called, a conference call that he had for NXT. Uh -huh. um, he pretty much eluded, like, oh, he would love to have her on NXT, but right. he won't be surprised if she ends up on the main roster. And no matter where she ends up, he said, She'll be a star, period. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, also, the other thing that Shawn Michaels had said about NXT and about stars, um, oh, he was yes. asked about CM Punk, and he said, listen, I don't think there's any chance that he comes here, but, like, if he was available, of course I'd want him here. Why would you give up that kind of star power? That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> so, There's your answer, right? I mean, for him to say it like that, and it's so true, it doesn't matter what's going on, you know, personally. I think, you know, why would you keep someone like that, you know, as a free agent? You know, you'd be silly not to fucking bring him back. And yep. why not? You know what I mean? It's now or never for Punk, man. If you, if they don't get him now, that's it. He's done. I mean, he's not getting any younger. So it's literally now or never. And strike while the iron is hot. I will say, though, look, his stock is not as high as it once was compared to his first sort of run when he came back. You know what yep. I mean? Because right now, he's got a lot of negativity. He's got a bit of stank on him, if you want to call it. But 
you know, was it his fault? No. I mean, at the end of the day, he could have handled things a little bit different, but, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, at the end of the day, AEW are going to be the ones that are going to suffer for it. 100%, man. And, um, yeah, like, I don't know. I just feel like if they were to if they were to approach Phil right now, I think he's very motivated not only to um, perform and to be involved in pro wrestling, which we know he loves. He loves the art form of professional wrestling. You know, he he says whatever he says. He's a curmudgeonly grumpy old fucker sometimes, but he loves pro wrestling. Otherwise, he wouldn't put so much of himself into it. Um and I think he's motivated right now, not just to perform, but also to show people, you know, listen, they, they said I was a cancer over there. I can go here. I can behave well. And everybody can understand that it's not me. It's actually them being a B-class promotion. I think that's a lot of motivation for Phil to do something. Well, no doubt about it, man. 100% agree with you. But um, anyway, Chris, let's get into Monday Night Raw, shall we? <laughs> I know it, it's, it's, it's a long one, but we got to get there. And um, we're coming from Ontario, California, as a matter of fact. Not Ontario in your neck of the woods, but Ontario, California. And, man, you know what? I will say this, and it was a sellout, mind you, and a hot crowd, man. Yeah, uh, and it's also the only decent airport in the L.A. area. So, really? fuck you, LAX. <laughs> How far is Ontario from uh, L.A.? Uh, I don't know, 45 minutes if traffic's oh. bad. That's nothing, man. Uh, so it's a yeah. lot closer than I actually thought. It kind of sounds more out, you know, on the outskirts, but I guess it's not really. No, it's part um, of the LA Valley. Okay, cool. Well, anyway, we start off with Judgment Day, of course, like always. I, I don't remember a role where it doesn't start with Judgment Day. But anyway, uh, Damien Priest says Jay made his decision and got got, but Cody just had to make it all about himself. And he says something in Spanish to Dominic Mysterio, but... Mysterio gets drowned out by booze as he tries to say Rhodes will pay for disrespecting them. Cody says Dom's real family can't stand him, but he has a question to ask. And actually, what am I talking about? The show technically opened up with Cody, just quietly. Um, <laughs> and he just basically says, he talks about Jey Uso and what do you want to talk about? Same old shit. But anyway, uh, we continue though. Uh, where was I? Yeah, Damien Priest says Jay made his decision and got got, as I was saying. Cody says Dom's real family can't stand him, but he has a question to ask. What happens when they lose all their titles tonight and mummy comes home? Uh, suddenly we see Judgment Day advancing to the ring. Then we see Jay also sliding in with Cody to make it a real face-off. But Judgment Day decide they're happy with the numbers. Until, though, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn come down to back them up. And Judgment Day gets to the stage as J.D. McDonough comes out with a couple of chairs to join them to even the odds. And then we get a little melee and that ends the segment. Anything to say about this first segment? We've seen it one too many times at this point. No, I agree. It's uh, And they're, they're trying to pass the heat from the bloodline to the Judgment Day. So far, right. it's really not working for me. Because um, why does it, like, why does Jay care? I don't understand what, like... <laughs> Anyway, um, and as far as everybody else, like the 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 faces on this side, they're who they're really angry at isn't the Judgment Day. They're really angry at the Bloodline. All of them have been screwed over right. by the Bloodline. All of them have exactly. lost big singles matches and pay per views because of the Bloodline. So the the fact that they just are trying to basically 
rewrite the story so that it's the Judgment Day because the Judgment Day are going to A, be around, and B, be on Raw. Um, I don't know. It's just a miss for me. I don't, and I don't, I don't think anybody on that team really has the charisma to carry it. Um, mm. As much as I like Rhea Ripley, I don't think she speaks clearly enough. Like, because every time I've seen her do something backstage, she's very disorganized with her words. Like, she's, she, you know, oh, when you get done your match with Finn, I, I mean, when Finn gets done his match with uh, the guy, and then we, you know, we're defending the, I mean, going for the championships, and it's just like she's, she doesn't, I don't know if it's just that she doesn't quite act like that. Do you know what I mean? If she's just not a good actress, but for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to be connecting for me. And um, like, I don't mean her character doesn't connect. I mean, her leading the charge doesn't connect for me. Um, I get you. Yeah. And as far as everybody else goes, good, good workers, uh, potential there for a world title run, I think for, uh, for Damien. Um, but not not leading a, a group like this i mean even the way that he reacted here where like he's the one guy who's like oh no why would we go rush the ring right now there's four of them they have the high ground okay you brought chairs but it's still no we don't need to do this we're not doing this why the fuck are right. we doing this guys where the fuck are you going oh fine fuck i'll go and i'll do it now it just doesn't come across as uh he doesn't come across as a as a leader of a heel faction to me. Right, and JD McDonough too, man. Uh, I, I can't stand the guy that I guess WWE sees something in him for whatever reason. And the fact that he's like still messing around with the Judgment Day and whatnot, just it's just meh. Especially if they're I, leading to a... Whoa, I don't see anything in him. I see, I see plenty of stuff over him though. Like right over him, directly over him. If I'm looking right at him, because he's so fucking short. Just <laughs> well, looking right over him. Well, Chavello Vera Cruz is in the chat. What up, Professor? He says, "Sounds like another page in the Cody saga." <sighs> <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Prof? <laughs> yeah, I know it is what it is. Um, it's interesting because uh, our very own Vince Russo actually said this past week that Cody's not over with the casual fans. I actually kind of agree with But he's getting a lot of backlash for that. Well, I mean, okay, but Vince gets gets backlash for saying anything, even if it's unquestionably true. true. People just like to hate on Vince Russo. It is like, he's like, he's the guy in pro wrestling, other than maybe like Hulk Hogan, who it is just always safe for people to attack like if you're if you're getting in trouble or whatever if you're having an argument with somebody who's in the you know the twitter sphere of professional wrestling just say something rude about vince russo and everybody will laugh and forget that you're an asshole um (laughs) honestly i think vince russo is one of the most misunderstood and you know unfairly maligned people in the history of pro wrestling um I don't mean that. And listen, like we, we do a lot of stuff with Vince Russo. You know, obviously we do shows on his network. I don't mean that Vince Russo is perfect and he's never made some really stupid mistakes in wrestling. He absolutely has done some ridiculous things in pro wrestling that make, that make fans just go, why, what the fuck are you doing? Right. What the fuck is a fat chick thriller? That's ridiculous. Like there's been some stupid shit. 
there's been some stupid shit, right? Yeah. But Mark Olson, man. But yeah, continue. But I'm not sure that there's been a more healthy mid card ever in the history of professional wrestling than the Attitude Era in WWF. Like, and who was writing most of that? That was Vince. That was yeah. And there's a reason for that because that's Vince believes exactly. in that style of booking where everybody gets a story. Everybody's got something that's gonna that's different about them, right? Val Venus, he's a mid card guy. Uh, we're gonna have a thing where he's cheating with the with the hot Asian girl, and his that they're gonna try to chop off his dick or whatever, right? Like, um, chop your pee pee. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. ridiculousness for sure sometimes. But I I actually agree with his style of booking, not necessarily with every decision he ever made. And right, what right. kind of a fucking person agrees with every decision somebody else has ever made? No, it's true. It'd be boring <laughs> if people did agree with everything. And you know what, man? The, th the thing is, you're right, because that's how wrestling should be, right? Everyone should have a program, bro. Yep. From top to bottom. You know what I mean? And we don't really get that like it used to be. I know WWE kind of tried to a less extent now, but AEW, they definitely don't. No, not even a little bit. No, they don't. They could. They, their fucking main event guys don't have a story. There's no story. It's just what story, it's bro. Just, ah, look, it's a look at the look at the the match. It's a good match. Look at the good match, dude. I'm glad you brought that up actually because. Jay White and uh, MJF is a good example, right? As much as I love that segment, and yeah, it went way too long, right? And, you know, I'm a fan of both guys. Why was this even happening? To set something up so that Jay White... I mean, to I guess to to, to elevate Jay White into a main event uh, situation, which... He was which... already there, man. They protect him. Like I've said, he's the most protected guy right now in AEW. He's well protected, but he, 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 was, he wasn't... He was an upper mid card guy until they put him in a title picture. Um, but even right now, it doesn't look like they're going to keep him in a title picture either, does it? It looks like he's going to be out now for a while, and it's going to be MJF versus whoever was in the mask. Who do you think that was? I mean, it's clearly MJF's mask, right? But there's talk that it could be Edge, who seems to be um, very close to signing with AEW, actually. Honestly, at this point, from what I'm used to with this company, I'm expecting it'll be Roderick Strong. Oh fuck! Attacking Jay White? Yeah, to get to get to MJF. Yeah. Hmm. If that's the case, it's ridiculous. But you know what's funny? There's been some Easter eggs though. Like the week before, and people have pointed it out. You see Adam Cole in the dressing room with uh, MJF, just talking, whatever. But in the background, you see on Adam Cole's side of the, of the locker room, you see that mask actually hanging Yep. in the background. So are they alluding that it could be fucking Adam Cole? Um, yeah, I mean, they're definitely, they're definitely alluding to it. I'm not sure if that's where they're going to go with it. I kind of hope they do. I'm, I'm hoping Adam Cole doesn't, hasn't really exploded his ankle, but... Wouldn't shock You're hoping it's had. a storyline? <laughs> I'm hoping that, but which like is I bad, said, by the way. Like I said, it wouldn't shock me if he actually had destroyed his ankle because this company is <laughs> just full of bad decision making. And it happens all the fucking time, bro. That's another weird thing. Constantly. But uh constantly, but it is what it is. Well, let's move on to the first matchup of the evening on Raw. 
Eddie's Bronson Reed versus Otis. And, uh, man, Bronson Reed wins via pinfall with a tsunami. Uh, dude, I actually like this match. This was, this was a good Haas match, dude. Bro, this was a was good, good match. Now, I saw somebody on I saw somebody on Twitter who was like, who was like, imagine not liking AEW but thinking this is a good match. And I was like, oh, you're a fucking tool. I just wanted to reach through my computer and beat the shit out of that person. You're a fucking That's- idiot. Someone that doesn't get pro wrestling clearly, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Neither of these guys can do Canadian destroyers. They <laughs> suck. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Fucking idiot. See, again, and, and, and it proves the point, man. Like, a good example, if you want to talk about those AEW marktards, was the match between Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs, right? At yep. All Out. Dude, Great that match, match was my favorite night, uh, my favorite yeah. match of the night by yeah. a long shot probably the best match of the week like including all and you know why because they fucking told the story in the ring man they they you know they understood psychology in a match unlike most of these idiots you know what i mean and the fans were fucking loving it you know what i mean and this is a good example these two just fucking you know it was a it was an old school type of two big hustlers who are actually quite uh, athletic for their sizes too man (laughs) you know what i mean they can fucking fly around too but I enjoyed this match big time. The tsunami on fucking Otis looked brutal. I Absolutely. mean, I remember Jeff saying, you know, a few months back that they should fucking team up these two. Um, man, I would be down with that. I mean, imagine these two fucking tombolas, bro. These two balls. They literally have similar body builds yep. as a tag team. That would destroy everybody. They'd be great. They'd be fantastic. I'd, I'd love that personally i think that that's a really good direction to go to because i think that chad gable is worth more as a singles star i mean i agree i don't want again i don't want him to be the guy who beats gunther um sorry i know that's a relatively unpopular opinion Uh, i have a few of those by the way um (laughs) but uh no like i think that would be a really really good like Haas tag team. And that's something that I really love when, when pro wrestling does Haas tag teams, right? It is so fucking fun, dude. Like, sure. I still maintain that like both Brian, Brian Adams and Brian Clark, their best oh, run chronic. was chronic. That was such a good chronic, fucking bro. team, dude. I um, so agree with you on that, man. I loved chronic bro. Taker and Kane. Um, you know, what are some other Haas tag teams? Well, I mean, they the weren't Road Warriors, of course. tall, but that's what I was going to say. The Road Warriors are a good example. Demolition. You know, Haas uh, tag teams can be a sh- shit ton of fun, man. Um, what about the Natural Disasters? Yep. Same deal. Same deal, man. Lots of fun. I, I, an earthquake, bro. <laughs> yep. Great tag teams. So, yeah, I'd love to see these guys paired up as a tag team. That'd be fantastic. 100%, man. And Lab Rats in the house. What up, Crab Cats? <laughs> He makes you laugh, man. Um, but yeah, like, absolutely, man. But nevertheless, this match, was I, I enjoyed it, obviously, as you did too. But um, after the match, though, we go backstage where Becky Lynch chats with Tegan Knox, asking why she didn't answer her open challenge last week. Knox then admits she was ready, but let Natalia go first. And Becky says, after no mercy, she wants Tegan to step up and be her next challenge. Um, at one stage, their accents were annoying me. I'm not going to lie. 
Yeah, um, too many people who can't <laughs> speak it, uh, the language properly. Um, no, no, but especially the like Tegan Knox with the Welsh accent, man. It was yeah. fucking like what? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I get you. Um, and yet, Tegan Knox—is that really? Do we believe Tegan Knox has a chance to beat <laughs> Becky Lynch? Hell no. Why? Uh, yeah, I don't see it. I, I don't. I don't. I don't even see why anybody would believe it. Nah. I mean, honestly, I'm surprised WWE even brought her back. She's damaged goods, dude. I hate to say it. What, she's had four knee Ricos? Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, that's a, that's a lot, man. You're done, man. Like, I don't know, but whatever. I mean, she's got fighting spirit. That's cool. But she just, I don't know, man. There's nothing to her. What is she? Who is she? Yeah, she, that's the thing. I don't even, like, you can... One of the things that I really liked about wrestlers on Netflix was um, hearing the discussion about gimmicks, right? Al Snow right. said, you know, you should be able to describe who you are or what your gimmick is in five words. True. Right? Spot on. Like, you should. And you should. What the fuck is a Tegan Knox? <laughs> what the fuck is a Tegan Knox? It's a good question. What is a Tegan Knox? Uh, is she related to Mike? Maybe. Is she a bad maybe. referee? <laughs> oh shit true damn it he's the worst referee dude actually as a matter of fact i, I re-watched the the stevie richards video about that yeah. right and you know I, and i was trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt right when we were doing the show but looking at it again it does get you angry right it, it actually does get you angry the fact that he didn't count the three and it comes across like he just didn't care about his own performance and then when Stevie points out with TK, you know how he's fucking dancing like a dork? Yep. That really made me hate TK's guts even more, bro. I mean, I, and then I thought, okay, it's so true. Look at this piece of shit. Look what he's doing. You know what I mean? Yep. Whereas Vince McMahon, like he said, he jumped on the ambulance with Undertaker mm-hmm. and went straight to the hospital with him, man. That's, that's a boss. You know what I'm saying? Famous asshole Vince McMahon did that. <laughs> and... uh the nicest guy who's ever been involved in business, Tony Khan, did a dance after his main guy got a fucking concussion. So, cool. Cool, bro. tell you, right? Cool Absolutely. story, bro. Aaron says, I am being annoyed with the fact that Becky is bipolar. One week she's a bitch and the next she is nice. Can she decide what she wants? That's true. She's also one week David Bowie and one week she's not. I mean, he does have a point, though. Good point. Spot on. Exactly. Labrat says, will Tegan be able to stay healthy for the match? They're like, we're saying, dude, probably not at this point. I mean, shit. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Oh, and Aaron says about heels. The heels in wrestling are the nicest guys outside the ring. No wow. doubt. Yeah, they say that. They do say that. Uh, anyway, let's move on because next we see Tommaso Ciampa making his entrance. And But before we get to him being in the ring... We see Adam Pearce is in the office when Tegan Knox rolls up to ask for the title match Becky Lynch offered her. Natalia then rolls up to tell Tegan to ask for her rematch too. Knox tells her to step aside and Nighty Heart says to be cautious because a champion will mislead her challenger. They bicker loudly. Adam tells him to calm down and go to the ring and see who earns a title match. Anything to say? This is just silly. It's just nope, bitches being nothing bitches. whatsoever. I love yeah. Natalia in the ring as much as I dislike everything else that she does. Facts. Yeah. Um, anyway, 
Ludwig Kaiser versus Tommaso Ciampa is next. Um, you know, I felt bad for, for uh, Kaiser because I felt like it was a bit of a squash with him. But Ciampa wins via pinfall with a jumping knee. I mean, why make him look so bad? You got me. This, uh, you know. I mean, this I, I a... did say Kaiser is more over than fucking Ciampa right now. Yeah, I said it. That'll probably get me heat. But I, I actually think that. Yeah, and Tommaso Ciampa is already a mid card act. Like that's that is what he is. He, he you know, to lower mid card act, bro. Yeah, but even then, like if he won the U.S. Championship in like six months down the line or whatever, and he was U.S. Champ for three months, you wouldn't think, yeah, he doesn't belong there. He's not good enough. You'd be like, yeah, okay, I get it. No, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's, he's technically he's, he's, great. Yeah, yeah, he's he's there. He's there, right? He's an intercontinental U.S. champion kind of sure. kind of thing. I mean, the intercontinental championship has been elevated be- because of the current run that Gunther's on. But like, you know, really, that's about the level of where you of where you'd slot him, right? Whereas Kaiser, like, is he a joke? Because it seems like he's a joke. It seems like the rest of Imperium is a joke, which sucks because I actually think that they should have a run where Gunther's got the title and they have the tag titles. That That's that's a good look. Great. Yeah. Absolutely, especially with uh, Gunther being Intercontinental Champion too. Wouldn't that be great? For sure. But they maybe don't see that way. We'll see But where they go with that eventually. I hope they do do that. That's a good idea though. But anyway, that leads us to the next match. Uh, oh, well, post-match though, we see Chumper cutting a promo down the barrel about how... He's going to take everything away from Gunther. Unfortunately, you're not. That's just my opinion, but I'm sure you agree. Anyway, next we have a NXT Women's Championship number one contender match between Natalia and Tegan Knox. In my opinion, I mean, I wasn't surprised, but it's still an upset for me. But Tegan Knox wins by pinfall with the shiniest wizard, whatever the fuck that is. It's just a shining wizard. It's, it's, I know, no, yeah. I knew that. I, I know what it is. But why the shining, the shiningest? Uh, <laughs> people, people are stupid. Everybody calls. You know, you see a fucking suplex, and somebody calls it the Bexploder. It's like no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's just an exploder. <laughs> That's yeah. all it is, right? I know, Bailey to belly is not a Bailey to belly. It's a belly to belly suplex. I don't. That understand. one is all right though, because that sounds. Like it makes do more something sense. different with it. Do a belly to belly from true. the top rope and call it a belly to belly if you want, but not <laughs> don't just do a move that I saw Scott Steiner do eight hundred times a match, and and say it's something else. That's weird. You know what's funny? Actually, it's funny you bring up belly to belly because I don't think that move is really used enough anymore as an usual move, bro. I guess I don't know if they're protecting it because of Bailey, but when you think about it, do many guys or girls really do a belly to belly anymore no you don't see it very often do you it's weird yeah yeah that's it's a pretty safe move like it you is know, you're protecting yeah. the other guy coming down and everything with your hands around him it's yeah it's just Probably a flat the back suplex. yeah for sure i agree um anyway backstage we see damien priest barges into the judgment day's room and screams at jd mcdonough telling him he ate a beating because of him and will never be part of Judgment Day, and it's best he leaves now. Um, okay, cool. I guess, again, 
I've seen this a million times, week in, week out on Raw, dude. Yep. Same old shit, playing over and over again. Will they, won't they? Will they, won't they? And then next <laughs> week, tune in to find out, will they or won't they? Like, come on, guys. Progression. Like, Fucking story yeah. progression. It's like, yeah, nah, nah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nah, nah, yeah. Yeah, nah, yeah. It's literally back and forth fucking shit, but hurry up and pull the trigger, damn it. I'm nah, over yeah, it. Look. Nah. <laughs> anyway, we come back from commercial. We see Seth Rollins welcoming us uh, to Monday Night Rollins. <laughs> he asked the crowd to sing his song, and they're as sick and tired of Shinsuke Nakamura ducking and dodging him. And they do continue to sing his song, by the way. He asked them to sing louder if they think it's time to, for him to defend his title. And they do. He escalates, telling Shinsuke that he that he doesn't come ex- to accept the challenge right now. He'll, you know, take back his opportunity. Uh, Nakamura then appears on the chine and says he wants to be the straw to finally break his back, and he accepts the challenge, offering up a stipulation for a match at Fastlane for a last man standing match for whatever reason. Seth says Chinsky played this one perfectly. He got the match he wanted on his terms, but he made one critical mistake, Chris. And you know what that is? He sees his weakness, but that it only makes him stronger. And his family will only be ashamed of him if he doesn't give it every single thing he's got. And he says he's 100% makes him the world champion. And if you want to get crazy at Fastlane, he's got right only one of them will be making out of their practically alive. But it won't be Nakamura. It'll be Seth freaking Rollins. And that's that. Again, Chris, I've seen this one too many times. How many times have we seen this segment? Week in, week out. Yeah, too many times. Also, Seth Rollins ruins everything. Um, (sighs) Man, this was a tale of two completely different reactions I had, though. Seth Rollins, oh my God, get off my screen. I can't stand this fucking guy. I don't want to see him anymore. Shinsuke Nakamura cutting a promo in Japanese with English subtitles? Yes, please. More of that. That was really good. That was <laughs> that was superb uh, promo there. And I didn't understand a single fucking word. So <laughs> props. But uh, props for sure, man. They should have done this years ago with every non like English non speaking person that's ever not come from any English-speaking country, but I guess they're doing that now. It's never too late, right? It's uh, it's much it's much preferred, you know. It's much preferred to uh, Miro threatening to come on Jim Cornette. So yeah, <laughs> jeez, that's a bit weird. Anyway, uh, next it's speaking of weird. coming, yeah, that's <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> I don't know why I can see a meme in my head, but anyway, I won't go there. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah. Anyway, Ricochet is interviewed backstage on crutches. He says he doesn't know when he'll be cleared, but it doesn't matter who wins the last man standing match because he has unfinished business with Nakamura. Big deal. Don't care. No, not at all. Um, and yeah, again, it was it, this this whole thing was like a tale of two completely different reactions. I, I thought Nakamura was great in this whole thing, and I just I find Seth so fucking boring. Well, and not you know just me. boring. He's boring and he's annoying. <laughs> well, I think the annoying part is meant to be annoying. 
Boring. I don't know. I kind of like Seth. I don't know why I like him. I just do, man. I, I don't know, man. For me, I, I'm a fan of his. Uh, but I understand where you're coming from also, though, in saying that. But I, I just, I don't know, man. I dig the guy. Um, but anyway, let's move on to possibly the match of the night, bro. And I'm talking about f- for your NXT North American Championship because we've got a lot of NXT here on WWE main roster, weird enough. And it is Dominic Mysterio, your champion, putting his bat on the line versus Dragon Lee. Dude, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Even though Dominic Mysterio wins by pinfall via the frog splash to retain his North American Championship, I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. And he won it clean. And the crowd were into the match, bro. I think you're right. This was the match of the night. Um, I liked the I liked the big Haas battle too. I thought that was great, you know, as for well. Sure. But both of them matches were, were the best matches, but for different reasons. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I really liked this a lot. Um, Dragon Lee, obviously, you know, sort of making is this is this his debut? It's the first time I've seen him on the main roster. On the main roster, I think it is. Yeah, for sure. But I, I've watched his stuff for years now, man. He's if people don't know. He is Rush's Angelistico's brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. Um, but yeah, dude, um, the match was really good. I thought that Dom held his own, but I also thought Absolutely. that... Uh, but I also... I, I still think that like this was mostly Dragon Lee, you know, making it a good match for the two of them. Um, but it really worked, and you got to give the guy credit for being in there and doing his part, because... You can still have a bad match with anybody, and uh, that's not what happened here. It was a good, it was a really good match between the two, and um, I'm excited to see what more Dragon Lee can do. Oh man, he impressed me, dude. Like, like I said, I've seen a million of his matches before because you know he was he's known for his time in New Japan and of course CMLL and all that shit. Uh, or was it triple triple ah? But I'm pretty sure it was CMLL, though, where he made his name. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been in New Japan. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was impressed. Like I said, I was more impressed that Dom held his own against a guy that can really move, dude. And that's what really impressed me, too. And, I mean, I know not everyone's his biggest fan. But, man, again, Dom, I think, is really getting away from his shadow, bro. And I'm talking about Rey Mysterio's shadow. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it's almost like the point of any luchador right now is to get away from, is to get away from the shadow of Rey Mysterio, right? It's, (laughs) literally, it's, it's pretty tough. And I think that you're right, though. I think that Dom is starting to carve out his own niche. Now, I'm still not sure if it's going to continue to work once mommy's not in the picture, but I mean, the kid's on a run. Let him go on his run. He's doing great. Well, hey, Mummy hasn't been fucking on television now for the last three weeks. Funny enough, she's still in Australia, dude. She's been staying here for quite a while for whatever reason. Um, Mm. And the thing is, she comes back here. She goes back and forth between the States and here pretty frequently throughout the year, bro. She was here earlier in the year again. Um, It's kind of weird. I know she used to get really homesick, though. So maybe WB, you know, give her that leeway to come home for a little bit, you know, recoup, come back. Sure. Because for anyone that thinks she's injured, she's not injured. She's just enjoying her time back at home. She's just chilling. Fuck she's it. chilling. That's it, man. I mean, she's smart, right? Cold weather coming in, you know, in, in, in the States, <laughs> coming back when the warm weather's coming, like, over here. So 
I kind of find that hilarious. But anyway, uh, next we see Nia Jax being shown backstage walking like a Oompa Loompa. Like the camera angle too. Like they kind of got her from below looking up sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, she's fat. And did I mention that uh, Wade Barrett called her a, gal- uh, what do you call it, a behemoth? <laughs> she's, I mean. <laughs> a fucking behemoth. Who calls a woman a behemoth, dude? It's hard to argue. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. I laughed straight away. I'm like, what a funny guy, man. Like, literally calling her a behemoth. Yeah. I mean. She's bigger she than me. Like yeah, She's bigger than me, bro. What do you mean? She's yeah. big. She's huge. She's a very large person. And I thought she lost all this weight. I guess she didn't. But anyway, I think we'll that get... uh, you know that tag team we were we were pitching earlier with uh, with the Australian guy and the and, right. And, and oh, Alice. imagine them three. <laughs> yeah, fucking a man. Put her in that group. <laughs> what would you call them, man? If that were a stable, what would you fucking call them? Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park. I mean, hey, two Samoans in that group too, bro. <laughs> yeah, fucking A. Otis, is, Otis, I think, is of Bosnian heritage, funny enough. Huh. I mean, he kind of does look Bosnian. When you think about it, he looks like a Slav, bro. Boslanesian? That's cool. <laughs> no, but really, yeah, if you would call him fucking Jurassic Park, which is pretty funny, I mean, I don't, yeah, the behemoth, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of I mean, fun. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate, you funny guy. <laughs> but tons of fun, like T O N S. Yeah, that's good. That is the, that's the comment of the night already, man. Plain and simple. Tons of fun. What's funny, actually, tons of fun used to be an arcade joint here down under. Actually, it still is. It's still huh. around. Tons of fun. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron says Men on a Mission 2.0. Um, yeah, well, Men on a Mission, they were pretty fucking round too back in the day. Viscera. And, uh, they, they were some fat fucks, faux show. <laughs> Just fat fucks, we should call them. Anyway, let's move on. We come back from commercial once again, and uh, we see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are being interviewed backstage. Owens says all Jay Uso has proved is that he wasn't with Judgment Day last week. Zayn then says it's not about Uso or even about the Judgment Day. It's about the two of them coming up together and making it to the main event of WrestleMania and about taking back what's rightfully theirs. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I won't fucking... Well, they don't really exactly get what's rightfully theirs, apparently, but we'll get to that. Um, are you sick of this... Uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, love fucking triangle with Jey Uso, bro. I could certainly do with less of it. And like I said, my biggest problem with it is not so much that they're together and fighting against the evil heels that have done them wrong. That makes sense, but they're not because the evil heels who have done them wrong is actually the bloodline, not the Judgment Day. So <laughs> it's weird, bro. It's like it's like if Stone Cold Steve Austin you know, had somebody like kidnap his daughter and then, like, in the next segment, like, it, you know, let's say Undertaker kidnaps Stone Cold Steve Austin's daughter or whatever. And then, like, for the next month and a half, Stone Cold was feuding with the Nation of Domination. And it's like, <laughs> what? What? What am I seeing here? <laughs> Fuck that. Aaron says, <laughs> you, you funny guy. He says, uh, for Jimmy's health, I think he should stop reviewing AEW. Last night he seemed to be sick from the show. 
<laughs> he's more calm with WWE. Um, well, first of all, WWE doesn't shit me as much as AEW does. That's one. Two, it is 6 a.m. over here, so I can't exactly be, you know, rah, rah, you know, type of Jimmy. So I'm trying to be as chill as possible. And I, I even know that. I'm self-aware that I'm actually way more chill. But again, it's the time. Don't want to wake the whole world up if I'm not waking up everyone already. <laughs> Believe me. Uh, but anyway, let's move on, though, because uh, next we see... Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah, we see Michael Cole interviewing Nia Jax in the ring, and she apologizes for not paying attention to him. She says she's Nia Jax, and she's the baddest human in all of WWE. She runs down all the women she squashed on her way here, and then we see Zoe Stark coming to the ring. Stark dares Jax to do something right here, right now, face-to-face, and Nia shoves her back. Zoe then charges her, then Jack slams her as referees um, Aja Pereira and Danilo Fibio try to pull them apart as we go to the break. Um, I know a lot of people were shitting on her promo for whatever reason, dude, but I kind of liked it <laughs> because, I mean, hey, squashed. This bitch, squashed. That bitch, squashed. The other bitch, squashed. I mean, she literally squashed them. Like, she literally, literally squashes them. That's what she does, yep. <laughs> oh, man. She's a bad bitch, bro. She doesn't give a fuck. And I kind of like that about her, even though I'm not a fan of her work, though. It's cool character. Yep. Um, you know, she should learn how to not hurt people. And to be and to be fair, she did a good job with uh, with this match. She uh, she clearly figured out what it was that she had done to fuck things up you know, in the, in the, in her debut, uh, to where she wasn't going to be sitting on anybody's chest, um, with her finish, (laughs) she kept hold of the ropes, uh, her feet stayed perpendicular. She did, they didn't fall out from under her like they did when she was coming, when she did her comeback. So that's good. (laughs) Just makes me laugh. The fact that she uses the bonsai drop now is just, uh, anyway, um, and that's how Nia Jax wins by pinfall via the bonsai drop. I just don't like the fact that, look, we've always called Zoe stuck meth. You know, like she's on meth and shit. We've said this for years, bro. Yeah, but um, she doesn't. She's not a pretty girl, right? And she, you know what? But I like her work. She's actually a she's fucking... great. She's great, dude. I don't fucking. I don't like just because I'm making fun of somebody for the way they look. It doesn't mean that I don't think that they're really good wrestlers. No, it doesn't yeah, mean that I. Hey. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't sign them to my company. Like. You know, you cannot <laughs> up, be attracted no. to somebody and still think they're excellent at their job. Like she's, you know, to me, it's the same thing with Shayna Baszler. I don't think Shayna, Shayna Baszler is a fucking, ugh, that's, that is a head on, she's got a head on her. Um, I, but Boy, like, bleh. Yeah, bleh, bleh. Um, well, I hope that I listen but to us. Sh- I think, but but I think Shane is the like one of the best fucking female workers in the world. I think she's <laughs> one of the absolute tip top wrestlers, you know, in terms of female wrestling. Um, and I think that Zoe Starks, as much as we can make fun of her for looking like <laughs> every person you see living on the street in North America, um, <laughs> she's a good worker, like a really really good solid pro wrestler. Oh, you didn't just say that. You're a character, Chris. But but he can't say that. He's from North America, so I think I think Tommaso Ciampa's ugly as fuck too. I still I would still sign him, like 
Oh, man. I shouldn't be laughing like this, man, at this time. But that's fucking funny shit, man. You killed it, bro. Um, anyway, <laughs> where do I go from here? Oh, that's right. We see Jay Uso once again being interviewed backstage. He says no groups, no emo bands, and especially no Judgment Day. As Cody took a chance on him, and he won't, and he won't let him down like that. He says he and KO have beef, but it is what it is. And Sami Zayn is his dog. And if Judgment Day tries some funny moves, he'll be there to keep an eye on him. Uh, cool. Not much to really write home about with this uh, promo, right, Chris? JB and J. <laughs> JB and J. Well, next we see The Miz making his entrance. Fuck, there's a lot of promos on this show now that I'm looking at it. Um, we get some hype for Elimination Chamber also coming to Australia next year. Um, but then we see Finn Balor congratulating Dominic Mysterio on his successful title defense and reassures him that Damian Priest just needed to go and cool off. Anyway, back to The Miz in the ring. He welcomes us to Miz TV. He says his guest tonight will speak for the first time since walking away while Jay also caught a beatdown. Is he a coward or a conflicted hero? It is Drew McIntyre that's his guest. Miz tells him to take all his frustration out on Kofi Kingston tonight and that this is a place he can speak freely. The A-lister commends him for throwing Jay Uso to the wolves and says he would have done the same thing. Drew then says he's nothing like the Miz, but the A-lister says they're a lot alike, actually, and abandoning Uso is a Miz move. He walks us through the events of Clash at the Castle to remind Drew why he doesn't like Jay Uso, and then McIntyre cuts him off to say karma's a bitch. Miz then says Jay made his bed, and last week he slept in it. He says Drew's the Batman of WWE, and that makes Cody Rhodes, I was hoping he would say, uh, you know, the Robin, but instead he's Superman. So how did it feel to be upstaged by Cody last week? But before Drew could answer that, New Day make the entrance instead. They say that Drew McIntyre, they know, isn't a coward like he was last week. They've been calling him Big D for years, but last week looked like some shrinkage. Ooh. What's wrong? Is he scared? Is his sword too limp? That was kind of a good line. Drew says Cody only ran to clean up his own mess, but Kofi says he should have helped Jay out. But McIntyre tries to talk them through all the things the bloodline did, but Kingston says he remembers everything the bloodline did, but Jay Uso is trying to make it right. Oh, God, since when do you suddenly trust a guy that's fucked you over so many times? But anyway, uh, McIntyre then points out they haven't exactly stepped up either. New Day, New Day then say they know that as sure as the sun rises, Drew McIntyre does what's right. Miz tried to speak up for the fifth or sixth time and Drew shuts him up by saying fucking shut up Miz and he ends up giving him a Glasgow kiss. And that's that. I mean, this was a bit too long for my liking, which... Yep. Why was there a program for a match anyway? I mean, that was happening right away pretty much. I don't know. Also, uh... I get that they want they want Drew to turn heel pretty clearly. Yeah, but he's very like tweener right now, which is odd. I, but they're clearly turning him, and they want to turn him because he's so you know, like beloved by the by the audience. I think for good reason. They th their idea is well, we got to put him in there against somebody who the crowd loves even more. Who does everybody love? Well, they love the New Day, because it's like. You know, 
it's four years ago now, but it's not. It's it's this year. It's current year, and the WWE still seems to think that the world is in love with the New Day. They're not. That they're this very very stale group. Um, so he's turning heel on you know on the New Day, and I think the company isn't getting the reaction that they're looking for. I'm not sure who they could have had him turn on other than maybe like Sheamus. But even then you're talking about turning on a guy who's mostly a tweener anyway. I, it's it's a really, really Sheamus tough situation to be. Because it wasn't long ago that we had these two, uh, you know, team up and turn on each other. Yeah. yeah. So but right. that wasn't, yeah. but, but they didn't turn Sheamus then. It was just, no, we're going to fight Sheamus. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it. Uh, Aaron Ben Shlomo says in the chat, the New Day are the most stupid characters on Raw. Why should they care after all Jay did? Uh, yeah. Why should they care? I don't know why they would care about any... The, 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 again, this is one of those situations where like, I really, really like the talent. Like I really like both. Like, I like Kofi, and I really, honestly, I think that Xavier Woods is one of those guys who they're going to look back on... And it's going to be that's going to be one of their Chris Canyon situations. People are going to look back at how they treated Xavier Woods and they're going to go, man, he could have had so much more. He could have done so much more. But um, they also need to change the gimmick. It's fucking dead. It's dead and buried and gone. It is rotted to nothing. It is turned to dust. There is absolutely nothing left of the husk of the new day. It's over. Fucking move on. Yeah, we need a new day, but not this one, if you know what I mean. New day (laughs) needs a new day. Yeah, literally. Uh, Anyway, yeah, you're right. You're spot on. I can't even add to that. That was well said. Um, We come back from commercial. Chad Gable, though, we see Chad Gable giving Otis a pep talk and promises to study tape with him to see what went wrong. And then we see Ludwig Kaiser rolling up to chat with Maxine Dupree and says Imperium holds themselves to a higher standard as Dupree asks how he can speak so many languages without knowing what go away means. <laughs> and Chad tells him to go back to Gunther and get bro beat for losing, but make sure to tell him that Chad Gable's coming for him and to put a little bass in his voice when he does. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting a lot of Moving repeats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that leads us to the matchup between Drew McIntyre and Kofi Kingston. Not bad match for what it was. It, yeah, it was decent, but Drew wins no less via pinfall with a Claymore. Um, yeah, I, again, I feel like this is a typical Cody, uh, Cody, Kofi type of match. And, you know, Drew McIntyre wins via Claymore. Nothing to really write home. I guess, uh, does it move the story along? I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I I mean, it was certainly more clear at the, you know, at the end of it that he really is like sort of turning heel as like he looked back a couple of times as Kofi was getting his ass kicked after the match and was just like, eh, I don't care. I'm not going to go help him. But is he really a heel when you think about it, man? I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, but he's but he's turning against the the poor black guys, Jimmy. You can't do that and still be (laughs) a face. My bad. (laughs) <laughs> you're right i mean yeah i guess uh whatever man yeah no you're right but uh anyway no, i know i know i'm uh, right it's fucking stupid it's so dumb too because what you wind up doing is you actually take away some of the most interesting possible characters 
for like an entire group of people. Well, we can't we we can't have the poor black guys be heels. So mm-hmm. everything, anytime that a white guy does anything mean against black guys, we need to make sure that no, don't do that. Make it interesting. Like one of the one of the reasons why Drew and Sheamus having their spat and everything and breaking up was as entertaining as it was, is because. Nobody came away from it looking like a traditional heel. It was shades of gray. It was two guys who really right. wanted the fucking belt. And they were like, look, we can't get along anymore. So we're going to have a fight. You know, that's really interesting. That's interesting character work. You could have done the same thing here with Kofi and Drew. Instead, it's, they're leaning very much into like, oh, look, the, the big, strong white guy is not helping out the poor, innocent black guy, blah, 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 blah. It's very generic, and I don't, I don't care for it. I did like the big fucking moonsault from Ivar, though. That was fun, to look, fun to look at. Yeah, well, I was going to get to that because post match, Ivar attacks Kingston in the ring, and Drew McIntyre then just walks away. And yeah, it was nice that moonsault. But again, <sighs> these Viking guys, man, I was fans of theirs when I was in New Japan as War Machine. I really was. I can't stand Valhalla. I just can't. Like she can Valhalla, Halla, Halla, her ass on out of fucking WWE again. I just can't stand there. Her entire thing is like perfectly set up for um, Lucha Underground. It's yeah, it's a perfect then, setup to have like vignettes and videos and like you know they they're 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 in the woods together and she's like their you know their uh, their priestess or whatever. It, it's all set up for that and they don't do any of it. It's like <laughs> so she just looks like a weird fucker in like who dressed up like an idiot. It, it doesn't look right. One hundred percent. It's true, man. Anyway, backstage, Gunther berates Giovanni Vinci in German, which I loved. When Ludwig Kaiser then rolls up, uh, Gunther gives him an earful as well and says what happened out there was ridiculous. Kaiser then blames Vinci, but Gunther says he knows exactly how Giovanni messed up. Well, from now on, he's his responsibility. And uh, in the meantime, he'll focus on being the greatest and longest reigning WWE Intercontinental Champion of all time, and he'll beat Tommaso Ciampa by himself. Um, I kind of love this part because Gunther's going crazy in German. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but, but Kaiser is like answering him back in English, which makes it funny and it gives a context. I kind of like this segment. Yeah, no, it was good. This was really good. Um, and again, it makes me feel like the rest of Imperium is being wasted because they're, they're good. Like, not only not only are they both good in the ring, but like at least Kaiser is really, really excellent at character work. Yeah, see, I feel like Vinci is just an afterthought, dude. He's just there in the background at this point, man, and it's starting to really show. I feel like they're exposing him big time. Yeah, you're not wrong. Oh. Which is a shame, but we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Because I do feel like they're going to throw out Vinci in the end, dude. I just, I'm sensing it, man. Well, we'll see. Well, you know, you know how Italians go, but uh, if you know what I mean, no offense, D. <laughs> anyway, uh, anywho, well, didn't they let down the Germans? I'm just saying <laughs> they they were they were a pretty solid letdown for the Germans. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but let's not go there. Anyway, it was, um, it was like, that was they were. Let's put it this way: they were um, they were the Marty Janetti of that tag team for sure. <laughs> with the Germans, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy. Um, anyway, uh, we come back from commercial after that because we see Ivar and Valhalla run into an interview backstage. They literally ran into an interview. Uh, anyway, Warbeard says New Day took Eric out of the fight and Valhalla says it's eye for an eye. Cool. It's been an eye for an eye every week though and we're still getting the eye for an eye thing. Next week, it'll be another eye for another eye. And yeah. Are they going to have any eyes left by the end of it? No. An eye for an eye <laughs> leaves the world blind, Jimmy. <laughs> That's a good point. Absolutely does. Well, we're finally into the main event, Chris. And I, and I think this could be the fastest machismo ever, bro, in the history of machismo. I mean, we covered a three-hour show with news in like, we're going to cover it in under 30 minutes because... What do you want me to say about this match that I've seen for the last, I don't know, five weeks in a row, it feels like? It is Judgment Day in Damian Priest and Finn Balor, your champions. And by the way, it is for the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships uh, versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Again, great match, but I've seen this one too many fucking times, man. Yeah. No, exactly. It's... We're repeating ourselves and repeating ourselves That's and repeating saying. ourselves and repeating ourselves and repeating ourselves. That's one of the biggest problems I have with WWE in general and Raw particularly. It's like it just it goes on so long and it's like, okay, we saw three hours of programming and the next week we see almost the exact same three hours of programming now. Nothing progresses. And it's a shame. I don't want to say that because our complaints, you know, for AEW is how, you know, they don't fucking know how to do long-term storytelling, right? And and WWE, look, I know they're trying, right? Especially on the Raw end. But again, it feels like two different fucking people are booking Raw and SmackDown. It just does. I don't know what it is, but it feels that way. And And I get it. They're trying to stick to the narrative. But man, when you see it over and 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 over, and and it's the same old complaints, dude. Like, what's really the story? It's the same old shit. Like, you know, there's, yeah, it's a no, sub story it, between the Jay Uso story that involves the New Day as well, and then Drew's involved, and Cody's involved, and fucking uh, then the War Machine get involved, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Dude, and it's like, um, you know, what it would be like is like, we well, we mentioned earlier about the whole Val Venus thing, right? With, I choppy right. choppy your pee-pee, right? <laughs> yeah. It would be like if they run that, and then the next week, um, the next week at the end of the show, uh, Kai and Ty kidnapped him again. And then <laughs> the week after that, Kai and Ty, get this, kidnapped him again. It's like, <laughs> don't, like no, like, progress. <laughs> progress move right. to the next thing you have to pay off what you've already built and you have to move on to the next thing otherwise it just feels very repetitive which is what winds up which is what raw winds up feeling like constantly it's crazy man and and the thing is it wasn't that it was a real bad show per se it's just i've seen it so many times over and over and over and over it's like fuck yeah exactly exactly chris what chris is doing it's <laughs> that's what raw makes you do man it is three hours it is a long fucking show and you tend to fall asleep to it i mean shit maybe it should be played earlier for you know but uh you know what chris man if you had to grade this damn show and, and by the way did i mention the judgment day one of course they did 
I'm just saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. I mean, if and this is something else we need to touch on. I think it's no, a wrap, it was dude. I mean, yeah, no. The finish was just the same kind of more fuckery from the Judgment Day, where it looked like Sami Zayn had the match won with the Haluva kick, and then as he was right. bringing his foot away from the ropes, uh, Lord Farquad there came in and hit him with the <laughs> fucking belt that allowed um, that allowed you know the tall luchador guy to crawl over and, and cover him. So it's good. <laughs> the tall luchador. <laughs> Yeah, look, it was the same old, same old, man. I mean, there's really nothing I can really say when it feels like the same old shit all the time. And that's unfortunate, man. But don't worry. I mean, we've still got plenty of shows to come, though, because uh, Rampage Uncaged, hopefully tonight, Chris, if, if it's a possibility, we can do it. Um, but also, we've got um, uh, in the morning the Smack Attack with John Enright. And then on the Saturday morning, after Sunday the collision... Morning. Sunday morning. Oh, yeah, Sunday morning. You're right. Sorry, Sunday morning, bad. 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. Um, after the collision, we sift through the wreckage. The wreckage. Join us there. It'll be fun. And that's the three shows coming up next where for five bucks, you get the best talk in all of pro wrestling, and that's channelattitude.com. But anyway, Chris, if you had to give this show a grade, what would it be, man? <laughs> uh, C. It was, it was passable, but like... Every time I watch Raw, I'm disappointed. The the one time that that was different was recently with the Gunther and uh, Chad Gable main event. But unless they're giving me something that's a real event, it's just very boring and very long. Three hours is too fucking long for wrestling, period. It sure is, man. It sure is. But speaking of that, we've got actually a big next few days. We've got pay-per-view after pay-per-view too, Chris. We've got uh, Wrestle Dream. And also, motherfucking, uh, what is it? Fastlane. Is Wrestle Dream this fucking weekend? It sure is, pal. <laughs> and Fastlane. And also Fastlane. Whatever. Saturday, Sunday, bro. Can you believe that shit? No. It feels like a pay per view every fucking week, man. What the hell's going on, bro? I'm going to miss Fastlane. I don't care. There's nothing going on on that fucking show that I care about enough to pay for. Or... But, see, the Actually, it's part, of my, it's part of my fucking app anyway. I don't pay for it. I don't even want to watch it. Just... You know what? Don't sleep on it, <sighs> dude, because as bad as the build is, the one thing that I've always been good at doing, and they fucking shock me every time, is when a pay-per-view looks bad on paper, it fucking delivers in the ring, dude, every time. That tends to be true. You're right. And I bet you it will probably be the better overall pay-per-view over Wrestle Dream. I don't know. I mean, Tony Khan said that it's going to be a new era in the in all of professional wrestling and whatever. <laughs> what does that even mean, man? A new era? I, Haven't we seen this? Again, there's there's speculation for all kinds of things. I saw speculation that he may have bought New Japan. Ah, that's bullshit, bro. I didn't even want to pay attention to that. I've seen it. That's what I, You know what else was floating around, bro, this week? Funny enough that you bring that up. That's that, that Stephanie McMahon and Triple H were breaking up, dude. They were, there's going to be a divorce. Okay. What a load of shit. And you know how many fucking dirt sheets were reporting that crap? All of them. Because dirt sheets don't fucking know anything. They don't actually... Dirt sheets know exactly as much as you and I know about what's going on in the backstage of professional wrestling. And we wouldn't even report that. <laughs> nothing. We don't know right. anything. We don't have anybody backstage, and neither do they, although they really like to claim they do. 
And put it this way, here at the PwC, we don't just fucking throw garbage out there. You just, you tend to know what's fucking real and what's not, man. You validate it, you know what I mean? Not with sources that we have, but like, just sources that the dirt, certain dirts have, you know what I mean? You can just tell right. what's real and what's not. But um, yeah, exactly. the fact and that that garbage says, gets around is ridiculous. And when Jimmy says sauces, he means with an R, not... Yes, yeah. not yeah. fucking tomato sauce for your pasta, yeah. all right? Sauces. <laughs> sauces, yeah, with an R. Anyway, in saying that, Chris, before we do go, if I give this a grade, I'd agree, C. It'd be a C plus for me because even though it sounded like we were saying the show was bad, it wasn't really that it was a bad show. There was a couple of things that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, for example, the two matches between the behemoths, not Nia Jax, but, you know, the two big guys. And and also I enjoyed Dragon Lee and Dominic Mysterio. But and I enjoyed the the promos with uh, Gunther and um, Imperium. Other than that, everything else was good. But I've seen it and heard it week in week out. That's the only thing. That's that's why it sucked. But it wasn't a bad overall show though. So C plus for me. So Chris, tell them where they can find you, my friend. Oh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at ChrisAms1. You can go there to see everything I have to say about pro wrestling politics and whatever the hell else I feel like talking about. You can find me right here on the PWC uh, where we do this show as well as, uh, well, a bunch of other goddamn shows. You guys can find them all. Uh, The skirmish this week, I was on for just a little bit because we had a scheduling thing. No big deal. Um, but I did want to. I did want to jump on so that people didn't think that the sheep fuckers were taking over the network. <laughs> um, uh, I, you can find me on uh, ch- channelattitude.com and uh, the Hami Media Group, where, like Jimmy's already mentioned, we've got three shows uh, running this weekend. Uh, the one I want you to pay the most attention to, though, just because it's the one that I'm trying to sell, because it's the show I'm in charge of, uh, is. Uh, is uh, The Wreckage, which is uh, Sundays, 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. uh, After the collision, we sift through The Wreckage. Um, That's pretty much it, Jimmy. Well, if you want to follow me on the Twitter or the X, whatever it is, you can at DJ Mass Effects and also at the PWC Network. Um, Also, like and subscribe right here at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com where you can find all our shows, including this one. Also, channelattitude.com with five bucks you get the most realest talk in all of pro wrestling and the best talk and like you said the wreckage is on saturday or sunday morning i keep getting that confused for some damn ass reason but also look out for uncaged where it's uncensored unhinged uncaged hopefully coming up tonight and the smack attack tomorrow so in saying that i am jimmy t that is Chris Sams, and you've been listening and watching the PWC Monday Night Machismo on a Friday, right here on the PWC Network. And we're out. Peace. Oh, late.
when Rhea Ripley returns and you guys are empty-handed. You keep mommy's name out of your mouth! Judgment Day is done talking. The bravado of Cody Rhodes, but I'm not sure how smart this was, Wade. It's three on one. One of the dumbest moves of Cody Rhodes' career. And Cody's got backup. Main event, Jey Uso is here. Let's go. Still with the numbers in their favor. Cover by Reed. 
You know, Bronzeri must be fired up that Elimination Chamber 2024 just been announced. It's going to be held in his native Australia. You know he wants to be on that card in a marquee match. Yeah, more on that a little bit later on here tonight on Monday Night Raw as uh, Reed misses wildly. Otis now full head of steam, and both men flying through the air. Otis driving Reed back with a couple of blows to the stomach and now going to the upper body. Oh, and a back elbow. Some of those bare paws to the face. How does that feel, Big Bronson? Otis out here with some lucha moves, Cole. And Maxine believes it could be close to the end here for Bronson Reed. Well, Big Bronson is wobbled in the oh, worst Oh, splash way. in the corner. Down goes Reed. Name the time. Name the place. Yokyuga,多すぎる。てめえの体が怒れんのは無理はね。お前の背中を折る。とどめを刺したい。ごめん。クズ。カスになるまで。ぐちゃぐちゃにしてやる。だが、俺にも分別はある。お前の忍びなは勝算に値するが忍耐力がね浅かだよな俺がカードを配るお前は手の内をすべて見せた俺はまだ見せてねはっきりさせておこう試合は残酷で野蛮なものになるだろう お前は二度と歩けなくなるお前の娘はお前をはじめ屈辱的な結末が待ってるセスお前が戦える最後のチャンスお前の歌を聴く
最後のチャンスお前がチャンピオンと呼ばれる最後のチャンス俺は勝ち誇りお前は這いつくばるだろうそうだお前の挑戦を受けてやるセス・ローリンズファーストレーンで終わるラストマンスタンデー
right now. Oh, and Nia Jax looking to squash Zoe Stark here tonight. You got to give Zoe Stark credit coming out here, getting in Nia Jax's face, understanding the damage that Jax has done over the past couple of weeks. Well, especially to our own tag partner, Shayna Baszler, who is currently on the shelf, thanks to Nia Jax. And Jax with a big elbow. Zoe Stark may be following shortly. And Stark gets the shoulder up. Gutsy move by Zoe Stark to come out here and challenge Nia Jax tonight. No doubt about it, Zoe Stark is one of the most ambitious women in the locker room. Fierce aggression, remorseless attitude, but that can get you in a world of hurt. And it seems to be going that way now, Cole. But Wade, how do you stop Nia Jax? I don't know. What do you mean you do? Rhea Ripley couldn't stop it. Raquel Gonzalez couldn't stop it. I was just asking for some advice. I'm oh. not going to stop it. Why don't you get in there again? Nia Jax again dominating here tonight. Rhea Ripley out with bruised ribs the past couple of weeks. Raquel out, of course. Raquel Rodriguez with uh, injuries as well. Rodriguez, you're correct, Cole. I'm never correct, though. But right, the, the game completely changed in the blink of an eye when Nia Jax showed up in the women's division. It's all... Oh! And Zoe's got an opportunity, Wade! Nia Jax into the post-shoulder first! Well, smartly using Jack's momentum against her, that might be the only way to stop this powerhouse. And Zoe with a kick to the face, trying to build momentum again. Nia still on her feet. A third kick drives Jax back to the corner. Well, watch to ride out that storm from Nia Jax. You have to make this momentum count. Do not give Nia Jax an inch. Pepper her with shots. It's so, your only hope. Zoe now gonna launch herself off the top rope. There's that missile drop kick, but Nia Jax is still on her feet. Oh, no, there's no, no way. There's no way. Oh, and just collapsing under the weight of Nia Jax is Zoe Stark. Well, you admire the heart and the effort from Stark, but that just was not smart. That was a bone-crushing landing. With this behemoth, Nia Jax on her back. And I think all it did was tick off Jax. Because now she's about to punish Zoe Stark with a leg drop to the back of the neck. This is an ugly position to be in if you're in a ring with the irresistible force, Nia Jax. Jax now, from the second rope to the jeers of the crowd, the Annihilator crushing Zoe Stark. Kingston is helpless, Woods is helpless, and now Ivar mauling Kofi Kingston. Valhalla screaming out instructions. Ivar, the huge 300-plus pounder, now destroying Kofi Kingston, who's defenseless again. McIntyre looks on, again off the cold callous stare, in action for the second straight week by Drew McIntyre. I'm surprised McIntyre has been so callous about it. But he really has no obligation to the New Day. Kobe Kingston hasn't moved. He's defenseless. Ivar with a moonsault from the top rope, crushing Kingston. Kingston might have a broken pelvis from that. A path of destruction from Ivar of the Viking Raiders. And all McIntyre did was look on.
trying to drag his way to the corner. Kevin Owens now legal, as is Finn Balor. And Kevin Owens now exploding off the corner and KO, bringing the fight to Balor. Owens stopping away at one half of the tag team champions. As pugnacious as they come, you know, KO's going to keep swinging. Kevin Owens are going to take advantage of every situation. Running through Balor, running through Priest. And now Kevin Owens, cannonball off the edge. Heavy landing there for Damian Priest, who is down and perhaps out, and very shortly, like the solid ball. Championship and Finn Balor and Damian Priest once again standing tall as the WWE undisputed tag team champions. Judgment Day wouldn't have won those championships at Payback without JD McDonough, and they wouldn't have won tonight without JD McDonough too. Has JD McDonough finally proved himself to Damian Priest in the Judgment Day? The question only one man can oh, answer. So much for the celebration. Uso and Cody Rhodes back into the fight. Chaos again here at the end of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, this ain't ending tonight, Cole. They get the hell out of the way. Good luck separating these guys. 
absolute insanity here. Kevin Owens now driving the gun up through the announce table again. And now Damian Priest from behind. Official trying to somehow separate these men. There is nowhere to stay safe. And now Cody Rhodes. Absolute chaos. Somebody stop this mess. PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to.